0: If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 3 today, and uh, we're in this series called Wise Up, and through the whole summer, we're looking uh, at the book of Proverbs and what God has to tell us through, through King Solomon about living in wisdom, about living in wisdom not just by our own smarts and understanding, not just by our own i q which God uses those too right he 's given you intellect and abilities and gifts and skills and all that, but he says, "I have a way for you to walk in uh, how to how to speak and respond how to how to live your life in a way that is honoring to him, and that leads us on the best possible path and so that 's what the book of Proverbs is really all about. And we're going to look today at a key passage in Proverbs chapter three. Have, have, you, ever, have you ever said this before? If I knew then what I know now. have You ever said that? Like there's things you just, you've experienced something, you've walked through something, it's like, oh, now I get it, right? And so it's that, if I knew then what I know now. Like if you were, if you were interviewing for a job, and man, it was just like, your dream job. And you're just like, man, if I could get that job. And then you go through the interviews, you go through the whole process and you get hired. And you're like, yes, this is the best thing ever. And then a year in, you're going, if I knew then what I know now, like, I don't know if I'd have taken the job, right? Like it turns out to not be a dream, but more of a, of a nightmare. or Or maybe this, you and your spouse have been thinking, I can't wait till we have kids. And then then like three kids later you're thinking if i knew then what i knew now we would have stopped it too right i mean we just like we learn all these things and maybe you have your only your own like if if i knew then moments Um, but maybe even as you're thinking of that in this series wise up you're going oh i get where you're going dave you're putting these clues together and you're thinking that's what this wise up series is really all about i'm i'm gaining wisdom through my experiences and through maybe what others have gone through about doing things different. And I will say this, what I just shared with you is actually about gaining knowledge. It's different. See, we learn some things as life goes on. We, we, we know some things, we put some things together. And I will tell you, it's wonderful that kind of gaining of knowledge and experience, learning things about life and how things work and what's kind of the best way to do things and what leads to real struggles, those are great things to learn. And it's the beginning of wisdom. But wisdom is more than that. Wisdom is learning and gaining knowledge and then putting it into practice. Otherwise we just know some things but it hasn't changed anything. And the book of Proverbs is really all about gaining that understanding and knowledge up here, but then taking that godly wisdom and putting it into practice and how we live and how we speak and how we respond and the things that we do. So think about it this way. Knowledge says, I can change the brakes on my car because I watched a YouTube video. We gained some knowledge. Wisdom says, you haven't even changed a tire before. It's best to take it to a mechanic. All right. So that's learning something and then putting it into action. Knowledge says, getting angry and yelling never really seems to work. Wisdom says, I'm going to take time to cool down and I'm going to learn to speak in honoring and respectful ways to the people who are around me. See, it's learning and then applying. And this series is all about us learning to live in that godly wisdom, not just to know some things. And what we're looking at today is a really foundational piece of trusting God and his ways. And I will tell you this, if we don't get this part, we really have missed it. This is so key and this is so foundational. And this passage we're gonna read today is probably one that you've heard before. You might be familiar with the words and we're gonna just kind of dive in, tear it apart a little bit and see how it applies to the very activity of our lives and how we put that into play. So I'm gonna do something we've done off and on over these past few months. I'm gonna ask you to stand and we're gonna read this passage, Proverbs chapter three. Go ahead and put it up there on the screen. And this is Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. So let's say it together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which paths to take. It's a short one. I want us to do it one more time. Here we go. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which paths to take. Jesus, we pray today that you would be the one to teach us today, not me, but your wisdom and your life and your hope would flow through all that we look at today. And Lord, we would be different people when we leave here in just a few minutes. So we thank you and we pray this in your name. Amen, amen. You can have a seat. What an amazing verse, right? And, and what a great promise. And if you have never done anything like, like memorizing scripture, there's something so powerful. Back in the book of Psalms, it says, I've hidden your word in my heart, that I might not sin against you. David wrote that. But there's this whole thing about when we hide God's word and we memorize it, we don't have to have uh, our phone with us. We don't have to have a physical Bible. We've, we've memorized his word and his truth and we've put it in our hearts. This would be a great passage to learn. It's, it's fairly easy. It's literally like two sentences. And, and to get this down so that we could know that when I trust in the Lord with all my heart and I don't depend on my own understanding, my own wit, my own smarts, but instead I'll seek his will in all I do, he will show me which path to take. Man, a great verse to memorize and it can have a major impact on your life. So this is all about trusting God. And I know this is hard. Because it sounds really great. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Well, of course, let's, let's, let's just do that until life gets really hard, until things happen, things just kind of cross you up. And you start thinking, it's like, well, okay, I want to trust in God, but I'm going through some things and I, and I keep asking God, where are you in this? Like you sit in a doctor's office and you get a, a message from them that, you know, you've got cancer. You go, well, God, I want to trust in you, but are you trustworthy? God, I I just was told by my spouse that we need to talk and I think my marriage is over. And what do I do with that? I mean, you know the hard things that life brings, uh, an unexpected loss or, you know, your, your job is now gone. Or, you know, it can, be, it can be a thousand different things, but they hit us at these different levels. And we think, I want to trust in you, God, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to manage that. I don't know how to process through that. Can I really trust you? And that's what we want to look at today. What, how do we begin to take those steps? What does it look like? Where does trust even come from? We're going to look at that at the very end. But I want to give you a few things to write down because this is where Solomon begins to take this. If, if If we'll kind of deconstruct this passage, there are three specific things that Solomon giving us God's wisdom begins to share with us. And the first one is this, write it down. I'll trust the Lord when I don't understand what's happening. Now I'm giving these to you in positive statements, statements that we can hold on to. but I know that that's a hard one. I'll trust the Lord when I don't understand what's happening. So look at the first part of of that verse 5 again. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Here's what's so contrary to that is our whole lives, we've depended on our own understanding. We've been trying to manage it by what we know, by what we've learned, by what we see in others. So we're trying to kind of be smart enough and savvy enough to, to make this on our own. And then God comes along and says, "No, trust in me with everything that you are. Don't just depend on your own perception and your own perspective, but instead trust me." And man, that's difficult. There was a self-help book that came out a few years ago, and I love the title. It was this, "When life throws you a curveball, hit it." That's it. So, when life throws you curveballs, just hit them. I don't know about you, but it sounds really great, but it is incredibly hard to do. Not just literally hit a curveball, but taking those tough things in life and somehow turning them around. It's hard. But I mean, even just to stay with the baseball metaphor, the truth is, I don't hit curveballs very well or fastballs or sliders or sinkers or knuckleballs, or, or anything else. I mean, when it comes to my own ability at the plate, even though I love baseball, I am personally less than impressive. It's just, it's just hard. In fact, um, I hate to admit this, but I'm gonna share it with you. Uh, once I was playing in a church league, slow pitch softball and I was called out on strikes. Slow pitch, church league. I mean, it was crazy. So after we got done swearing, you know, then we were good. Yeah, no. But I mean, it was just one of those things where it's like, I, I, I'm likely to miss when curveballs come. And man, and yet life is throwing curveballs all the time. And there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing I or anyone else can really do about it. So we keep trying and we keep trying, we keep trying to, to manage it. And God's saying, will you trust me? in this. See, the good news when Solomon writes this is that when life takes an unexpected turn, and I want you to hear this, we don't have to understand everything that's happening, but man, we want to. We want to know the, why is this going on? And how come their life is working better than mine? And how come I've been doing these things, but it's not been working, right? We have all these questions. Why, why, why? I I was... You know, we, we're trying to simply understand what's going on. And God says, even when you don't understand, you trust me? And I say, God, I don't understand why we're going through this divorce and I don't understand why my business is failing and I don't understand why this friendship suddenly went sideways and I don't understand why I'm having health problems and I don't understand this loss that I'm facing, but... But I know that you know what's going on and I'm going to put my trust in you. And that is such a difficult thing for us. Because again, we want to try to figure it out. If you went back into the Old Testament, you can read in the book of Genesis about a guy named Abraham and his wife, Sarah. And they were advanced in age and had no children. Hadn't been able to conceive at all. And God comes to them and says, through you... I, I'm going to build a nation. And they literally laughed at God. <laughs> it's not going to work. Like we're too old. We don't, we don't have, we can't have kids now. We, we gave up that dream a long time ago. And God says, but I'm going to do it through you. And they didn't know how it was going to work and how it was going to manage. And, and they couldn't see God coming through on this. They're going to figure it out on their own. And they actually took Sarah's, one of her, her maids and kind of became the surrogate wife for Abraham. And she conceived and she gave birth to a son. His name was Ishmael. You can read about it in Genesis. And God comes to them and, and basically says this, hey, congrats on your new son, but you know, this isn't the plan I had for you. This, this wasn't what I was gonna do. I was actually gonna do something miraculous that you would know that it was me at work in this, but you decided to take matters into your own hands. And Abraham just kind of came, like, oh, I'm sorry, God. And God did give them a son. And God blessed them The son named Isaac. And that was kind of the beginning of that. But you know what? Those two sons, if you know anything about history, Ishmael and Isaac, they, they became the kind of the fathers of nations. And one is the Jewish na- nation and the nation of Israel. And one is, uh, became the, the beginnings of Islam and all that goes on in the Middle East. So the conflict that happens today, between Israel and the Middle East goes back to this moment in Genesis. In fact, what we experienced in 911 and the tragedy on that day was a result of what happened here when, when Abraham said, I got it, I'm gonna handle it, I'm smart enough, I'm gonna figure out a way, I'm gonna do this on my own. And he did that, and the results were devastating, devastating. And there may be things that are happening in your life right now that you simply don't understand. And I know this is hard, but this is where a growing faith truly comes into play. God doesn't ask us to understand at all. He invites us to trust him. There's a phrase that I use quite a bit now. And it stems from Romans 8 28, which says this, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And out of that verse came a phrase that that I use so often now, and it's this. In fact, on your sheet, I want you to write this down. There's not a blank for it or anything. You're just gonna have to write it on the side somewhere. And here's this little three-word phrase. Ready? Nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. Write it down. Because you're going to be looking at things in your life going, ah, what is happening here? Can I tell you something? God wants to use that in some way in your life. He didn't cause it. He didn't cause it, but he'll use it. And it may be to help strengthen and mature your own faith. He may use that thing so you can begin to see a little bit more of God's character and his grace towards you. It may be that that very thing causes you to trust him even more. I don't know what it might be and I don't know how God is going to do it, but I will tell you this, nothing is wasted. I have a friend of mine and she actually has that phrase, nothing is wasted, tattooed on her arm. So she simply won't forget and she's going to be reminded moment by moment that God is always at work even when I don't understand it. See, my my understanding and my perspective is so limited. So is yours. We're limited to what we can see and what we can touch and what we can taste and what we can feel, what we can perceive, what we can, what we can learn about. But God's perspective, what he knows is unlimited. So there's no barrier for him. And he invites you and me to lean in close and to walk with him and to trust him. But God wants to look at you today and say, I've got you. I've got you and nothing that's happening to you is going to be wasted. I'm going to work something out of it in you and for you. See, Jesus himself told us that when we go through life, we are going to face challenges and struggles. If you did a survey today and you went out and asked people, you know, what was Jesus all about? And they say, well, Jesus was all about love and loving your fellow man. And guess what? He was. And in very deep and concrete ways, not just little fluff stuff, but deep ways of love. He was. That wasn't all he said. And it wasn't all he did. In John 16, Jesus said, I have told you all this so that you can have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. Jesus is telling us that the one that we're trusting in, him, is the one who has overcome the world. The one who has overcome everything. And he's saying, you can trust me. I will always be faithful to you. And the question really becomes when you, when you kind of flip it around is who else or what else are you going to trust in? If it's not the Creator of the universe, the one who who knows everything about you, the Bible says, who knows a word before it's even on your tongue? Who knows your thoughts before you think them? Who who knows how many hairs are on your head? Who knows you're coming and going? The one who knows more about you than you know about yourself. You're not going to trust him. What or who are you going to trust? Are you going to trust your possessions and your resources? Come on, those can be gone like that. And we know it. Are you gonna trust your health? Man, that can change overnight. Are you gonna trust other people? And I gotta tell you, I do trust and I do love other people. This is not meant to be pessimistic in any way. But I'm also well aware that every single human being, you and me included, is not perfect And every single one of us is fallible. Every single one of us has made mistakes. Every single one of us has hurt someone else. We're not perfect. So what do I trust? Who do I trust? Myself? Am I just gonna, it's all gonna be on me and I'm gonna make it happen? I gotta tell you, that's a recipe for disaster. And by the way, spiritually speaking, if you're putting all your hope and trust in me, as the pastor of this church, to somehow rescue and save you and make, make your faith great, please don't. There's only one, there's only one person we put our hope and faith in, that's Jesus. Don't put it in me because I'm, I'm fallible. I know, I I can't even put my trust and hope in myself because I know that I'm sinful and I'm unpredictable and I'm unreliable, that I have limited wisdom and I have made plenty of bad choices and plenty of bad decisions. So who am I gonna put my trust in? Here's where King David landed after seeing so much of the good and the bad of life. He said this in Psalm 20, some trust in chariots and some in horses which I know seems a little weird for us today. We don't think about those terms. But he was thinking like military might, governmental might. He's thinking, man, whoever has the chariots, whoever has the horses, they're, they're the strong ones, they're the mighty ones, they're the conquerors, they're the victors. So he's saying, some people are going to put their trust in those things. He said, but we, we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. We put our trust in him. We may not know or see at all, but we put our trust in him. Have you ever wondered how pilots fly at night or in clouds or fog or snow or rain? You know, I mean, I I think we know we kind of understand, especially in like airline type things. We know how that really works. They don't see where they're going. They're relying on gauges and instruments to tell them what they are and what they need to do in order to get to where they need to be. That's what they do. And these gauges, these instruments are a thousand times more reliable than the pilot's own sense of direction. The truth is they're probably a million times more reliable than simply, well, I think this or I feel this or I I hope this is the right way. They're actually seeing the truth of what's really going on, even though everything may be foggy or murky or or dark, right? So a couple of weeks ago, some of you know that uh, Gina and I were in Africa uh, doing a retreat for pastors and uh, going there. We were flying over you know kind of the mediterranean and into the northern part of africa in the middle of the night like it is pitch black out there and a week or so later we're flying from amsterdam to san francisco which was brutal man it was like 12 hours in a plane right and now i know why people do first class you know that would be nice they have beds up there did you know that They wouldn't let us see it, but we saw the diagram, you know, because we were back in the cattle pen in the back, you know, but I mean, it's just so, but these, we're flying and we literally flew over the top of the world. Like we didn't go over the Atlantic. We went over Iceland and Greenland and Antarctica, not Antarctica, whatever it is, Arctic Circle. We flew through all of that. And I'm telling you in the midst of that, and I wasn't freaking out about that, but I am so glad there wasn't a pilot up there going, I think there's a mountain to the left. I'm not sure, but uh, let's go a little bit right. I, I don't want some pilot doing that in the middle of the night or when we're flying over the top of the world. I want them to be looking at the instruments, knowing exactly where they are and knowing exactly what's going on. In the same way, in the same way, trusting God, It's not about me figuring out how to fly the plane or how to figure out what's going on, but it's to trust the one who's in the cockpit, to trust the one who's flying the plane, to trust God in the situations of my life, that he's going to do what he's promised to do, that he's faithful and that nothing is wasted. Write this down for number two. I'll trust the Lord when I'm facing decisions when I'm facing decisions. I sometimes think we ask for God's help and God's direction when we're facing the big things, right? The life-changing decisions, right? I'm thinking of changing jobs or changing careers, and this is a really big deal, God. Is this the right thing to do or not, right? I'm thinking of moving out of California with everybody else that's moving out of California. And God, I'm trying to figure out, is this the right thing to do or not? <clears throat> or how about the personal, personal ones? <coughs> excuse, excuse me. I'm getting all choked up on that one. <coughs> <coughs> I'll be with you in just a moment. <coughs> Okay, I was getting ready to talk about marriage and man, it got scary there suddenly. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. But you know, when, you, when you're thinking, if you've been in that place, you're thinking about getting married and you're like, oh God, is this the right thing? Is this the right run?" Right? We think of those big things that we bring to God, but it's not just the big decisions that we need to trust God with. It's the moment by moment and day by day decisions. It's the path. It's the journey. It's the walk that we're on with Him where we trust Him moment by moment. Look at our key verse and passage again, Proverbs 3. We're going to, we're going to trust the Lord with all our heart, right? Not our own understanding. But then look what the next thing it says Seek His will in what? All you do. That means your marriage and your relationships, but also your family life, your career, your school, your education, your personal life, your finances, your free time, your thought life. In all areas of your life, Jesus is inviting us, and I want you to hear this, to do this with him, not just for him. I think we're pretty good about saying, well, I want to, you know, do this for God, right? So I came to church, God, I'm doing this for you, or I'm gonna serve or volunteer somewhere and I'm doing this for you. But he's asking us to do it with him. And I will tell you, leaving him out of one area of your life can lead to pain and struggle in all the other areas. Because maybe you've even said, you know what? I'm gonna follow God. But then you let little integrity issues steal that away. We can make positive decisions in one area and then let those character issues or bad health decisions or poor financial decisions rob us in every other area. See, if you're in school and you get eight out of 10, right, on a test, you've passed. You actually got a good grade. If you're in sales and if you close eight out of 10 deals, you'll be phenomenally successful. If you get a hit in baseball eight out of 10 times, You're astronomically good. But when it comes to trusting God in the areas of your life, eight out of 10 is going to ruin you every single time. Those two areas you miss can have such deep, just incredibly devastating effects on your life. So the invitation is to acknowledge God in every area of our life. And the way we manage the different areas of our life comes down to the decisions that you make. I'm gonna give you something else to write on your sheet I and mean, there's no blank for this. I've given you now two of these, but find some place to write this down. Are you ready? This is so key. Don't ever forget this. This is our prayer of trust. And it's this, your will, write it down, your way, your time. It's our prayer of surrender and trust. God, I want your will, your way, in your time. And I'm just gonna tell you right now, that's the scariest prayer to pray. Because you are literally taking your hands off and saying, God, I'm gonna trust you in every moment. Your will, your way, your time. It's living with hands wide open to God. It was almost exactly one year ago when Gina and I sat right here on the stage and we shared with you that God has been inviting us into a new season with him, that we would be looking for the next lead pastor here, but that we weren't going anywhere, and we haven't, until God brought the right person in the right time. And what we were saying was, God, we know you have led us to a decision, but it's your will, your way, your time. And guess what? A year later, we're still in the process. We don't even have anyone in the pipeline right now. We're simply waiting. And I will tell you this, we are completely at peace because we know that Jesus is leading us. And each one of us is being invited by Christ himself to walk with him in all areas in every moment. I know we like to divide our lives up into these distinct areas and groups and work and school and relationships, but you are one whole person. Every part and every piece affects the others. And Jesus says, journey with me, walk with me, find peace and rest and life for your soul. Here's what Jesus said. He said, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Then come to me and get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. So keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Making a decision the way that God wants you to is a way of trusting God. It's saying, God, this is not my natural inclination and it's not an easy choice, but it's right if it's what you want and I will do it with you. And God will honor your obedience. Write this down for the last one. I'll trust the Lord when the future seems uncertain when the future seems uncertain. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't look to your own understanding and smarts. Seek his will in all you do. And then here's what he says at the end. And he will show you which path to take. See, most of us, when we look to the future, we don't see this nice straight path. We see a rocky road steep, that's cluttered with debris from our past. And for some of us, it isn't like walking in sunshine. It's like stumbling through fog. And for some of us, the future doesn't seem all that bright or appealing. But I will tell you this, this is the time to trust God. If your future seems uncertain, he can handle it with certainty. He'll make your paths straight, as one translation says. Now, this verse isn't saying that he'll make your life easy. It means that he will guide you and direct you and be with you. Here's what David wrote in Psalm 25 oh Lord, I give my life to you. I trust in you, my God. Don't let me be disgraced or let my enemies rejoice in my defeat. No one who trusts in you will ever be disgraced, but disgrace comes to those who try to deceive others. Show me the right path, O oh Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me for you are the God who saves me. All day long, I put my hope in you. All day long, I'm gonna put my hope in you. I'm gonna trust you. So as we start wrapping up, I just want to let you know, I've been thinking about this idea of trust as I've been reading these verses over the past few weeks. And we've said it several times today, I'll trust the Lord, I'll trust the Lord, I'll trust the Lord. It sounds great, but how does that happen? And I think there are several ways that lead us to trust. Now, you don't need to write these down, but I want you to hear these. I think the first thing that kind of leads us to trust is history. This is when I can read or see or personally experience or maybe even hear from others that something or someone is trustworthy. This is why you'd go to a a person to do your taxes or a mechanic because you've experienced it or someone you know goes, hey, you can trust those guys and you trust this person. So the history kind of is like, okay, I'm going to ride on their history and trust them a little bit in this. This is why you get on a plane and fly somewhere because history says that the odds are good. It's not a guarantee, but history proves that it's safe. In a silly way, it's, it's why I'll sit on this stool because I've sat on this stool before. I can feel it. I can say, okay, this is solid. So I don't get up here and like, oh, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I've got history to back me up saying I can trust that. So that's one way. We get through trust. And I tell you, all through the Bible, we have a history of God's faithfulness, his trustworthiness, and his unending love. And sitting in this room right around you are hundreds of people who can attest to God's faithfulness, that he is good and he comes through. So we rely on that history. A second area where we we find our trust is, is a little more shaky, but it's just as true. And it's when we come to desperate circumstances, When we arrive to a place where we go, I'm willing to try anything. If you or someone you love has ever had a serious health issue and the doctors are going. We don't, we don't know what to do anymore. Man, you'll try a different kind of diet, a different kind of food. You may fly to another country to to have an experimental treatment. You may go to some faith healer, even though you're not sure you believe because it's like, I'm desperate and I will try anything. It's not the most secure foundation for trust, but desperation causes us to grab on to anything. And you even see it through the Bible as people who were so desperate for healing or hope, they didn't know what else to do. So they simply just cried out to God. And guess what? God responds. The Bible says he binds up the brokenhearted. He brings hope to the hopeless. He offers peace to those in turmoil. And the question is, will you trust him? And let him show you how faithful he is. And the third area, and I think this is the most critical one, and this is ultimately where we want to be, is that trust comes from relationship. The people in your life that you trust, there's history there. But you know them in a different way. And you go, I I can trust them. See, when I was little, I put my trust in my dad and my mom. I knew they loved me and I knew they would protect me. Some of you didn't have that but maybe a grandma or a grandpa or a foster parent, maybe even a sibling, they became a safe place for you, someone you can trust. And here's the hard thing, some of you never even had that. And you've been guarded and you've been distant. But man, there's this small seed of hope in you that just maybe God would be trustworthy. Just maybe. God will be the one that you can hold on to. Listen to what the Bible tells us. In Isaiah, God says, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you and I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. In the book of John, Jesus said this, I'm the good shepherd and I know my own sheep and they know me just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for my sheep. That's what he's willing to do for you. And in Psalm 62, David wrote, let all that I am wait quietly before the Lord, for my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, where I will not be shaken, and my victory and my honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. Then David says, oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Put your heart, Pour out your heart to him, for he is our Refuge. There's this old hymn that says this, trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Trust and obedience go hand in hand. And by obeying God, you are taking a step of trust saying, God, I will take your word for it that you know more about my life than I do and I'm gonna trust you. When Gina and I were in Rwanda, one of the things that someone told us right away was this, no matter what you do, don't drive here. We were like, why? And they go, just take a ride in a cab and you'll see. Don't drive here. And so we thought, that sounds pretty smart. And so we got in a cab and we learned don't ever drive there because it is absolutely insane. There are no other rules on the road, I think, other than don't get killed and don't kill someone else. That's, that's it, that's it. There are these motorcycle moto cabs that they swarm around you. We were at a stoplight and uh, this is no joke, there were like 40 or 50 of them and as soon as we took off, they're like, they're going all over the place. If we drove, we would cause all kinds of accidents. So guess what? in the middle of this beautiful city, I could never figure out what was north, south, east or west. And I've got a pretty good sense of direction. All we could do was trust the driver that he knew the way more than I could ever know by driving there. You see, when we come to Jesus as our savior, the one who went to the cross, the one who rescues us, forgives us, and brings us into a family. I'll tell you, that is eternally life-changing for each of us when we take that step to believe and receive the life that he offers. It's beautiful. But he becomes our Lord when we trust him. When we say, your will, your way, your time. And if we believe... He's the savior and the rescuer, but we don't trust him with our life, with our job, with our relationships, with our time, our thoughts, our finances, our habits, and everything else. He's our savior, which is so good. But he's saying, will you walk with me and let me be the Lord of your life? The one that you'll trust moment by moment. See, when it comes to this, you can follow one of two strategies. You can either wander around in the dark trying to figure out everything on your own, or you can put your trust in the one who knows it all and is inviting you to walk by faith. You don't have to know all the details about how things are supposed to work. You only have to trust and obey and follow. I wanna read it to you one more time. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, today we just want to say thank you. You don't leave us to wander on our own. You've saved us and you've rescued us and we are so grateful for that. But you invite us us into even more to trust you in every circumstance, even when we don't understand, to trust you with the way forward when we can't see, to know that you have a purpose and a plan, that nothing is wasted. Our desire, our heart is for you to be the Lord of our life where we can honestly pray your will, your way, your time. We want what you have for us, Lord. So let us learn to trust. We pray all this today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? I'm going to give you a couple things as we leave. One, uh, for all the ladies here, make sure you check out the table in the back. Find out about the event that's coming up in August. Find out about the retreat. You can do that. Second thing memorize these verses right you can do it before you go to bed tonight it would be fairly easy to do trust in the lord with all your heart not lean on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight that's another version but however you want to learn it learn those verses let it let it sink down deep second thing is i did this at the very beginning of this series read through the book of proverbs It's one of the easiest books to get through. You know why? There's 31 chapters. So today is the ninth. Read chapter nine. And you're gonna miss a few days. You go, oh, I forgot about it. It's the 12th. Read chapter 12. And just over these next few months, read through God's wisdom for you and for your life. You'll never regret it. Hey, thanks for being here today. Thanks for being part of what God is doing here. God bless you as you go this week. You're dismissed.